biggest stories in all of Clarksville. We run them down for you every single week in the Clarksville Rundown. A Clarksville Now original podcast. Can I say Clarksville anymore? Clarksville, Clarksville, Clarksville. Uh, my name is Ryan Pluckelman. You say Clarks Vegas. <laughs> Clarks, ooh, yeah. I, I, I do like the term Clarks Vegas. Yeah. Uh, my name is Ryan Pluckelman. With me, the editor-in-chief of ClarksvilleNow.com. There, I worked it in one more time. There you go. Chris Smith. What's up, Chris? Hey, how's it going? It's going. Um, so this has been a weird week. We, we've had all kinds of stuff going on. We've got mm. Camp Rainbow happening all around us. Which is fun. Yeah, yeah. And um, uh, last week we had uh, candidate forums. We had uh, political candidates running around the office. With their, uh, you know, I'd wa- rather water, have kids with than their politicians and, <laughs> <laughs> and food fights. And right. If you're like, what would you rather have in the office? A bunch of kids or a bunch of politicians? I'd be like, you know, what? I'm going to take the kids. Yeah. Just let them run around, have some fun. I think the politicians would rather have the kids too, Probably. to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So uh, speaking of politicians, mm-hmm. um, I was trying to get out of here uh, yesterday and um, well, it was a couple it was of days before. ago, a couple yeah. days ago. Yeah. I was trying to get out of here in about um, 445, which is when every bit of important news gets released right before the end of the workday. That's true. Did you have something you had to, you had a place you had to go to or something like a, a hot what date? Was it? it was Valentine's Day, wasn't it? No. Did you have a hot date well, planned? Uh, it was Ash Wednesday. I was oh. Going to, church, oh! going to church, actually. Oh! <laughs> so, so was but, that uh, your Valentine's date? You took your wife this to year Ash, was Ash, and we can Ash break Wednesday. this down. This year, Valentine's Day and Ash Wednesday fell on the same day. Yeah. So what I've been hearing again and again is this is the most romantic thing you could do is to remind your loved one, honey, we're going to die. <laughs> we're going to die. <laughs> Death will meet us all. We are but dust, and to dust we shall return. Yeah. I love you, and I can't wait to spend for the the eternal afterlife with you in my arms. That isn't that the most romantic thing in the world. I've heard better. <laughs> I mean, it doesn't quite fit into a journey song, does it? No, it really doesn't. <laughs> you are the dust. I, I can't imagine Steve Perry singing that. Yeah, in a very powerful way. Yeah, so yeah, okay. not a really happy way. But um, is that what how you explain it to your wife? Like, listen, we're not going out for Valentine's Day because I'm taking you to church for Ash Wednesday. <laughs> well, she skipped it. Actually, she sat home. In her pajamas, watching TV while I was busy doing the Lord's work. She didn't sit at home in her pajamas watching TV. She sat at home going like, man, it'd really be nice if my <laughs> husband took me somewhere for Valentine's Day. You know what probably happened, honestly? She was probably out on a Valentine's Day date with her uh, secret lover, Raul. Who was probably way more romantic than you. He's Latin. Uh, or He's yeah. got to be more yeah, romantic exactly. than me. With my, At some point, my Scottish, English yeah, it's not heritage, much. Yeah. not a lot of passion there. I'm sorry. Raul is very passionate. Yeah. Um, at some point, because I know people, I've never experienced this, but sometimes people hear, they, they, they say they hear voices when they go to church or, or the, mm-hmm. the Lord leads them somewhere. Mm-hmm. Did at any, any point during that service, did Jesus go, you know, Chris, uh, you really should take care of your wife. <laughs> <laughs> I know you love me. Just go ahead and that's the Valentine's still, Day. The still small voice. <laughs> reminding you. Well, don't, don't forget to stop and buy some roses on the way home. <laughs> that's when yeah. you're happy the pastor picks a hymn that doesn't have eight verses for the last song so you can get on out of there and yeah. get some roses and, and i got home and we're having you know this romantic meal you know and uh and having some steaks yeah. and, and all and yeah. uh and she, and she's looking at me kind of funny i realized i've still got a big old smear of black ashes on my yeah. forehead yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah the entire so yeah yeah, eventually wash those off. Whoo, calm down, everybody. It's getting a little <laughs> hot here. All this romance. So uh, talking about. So, so you had to you had to get out of work early. 
I was trying to. I'm paying you for 40 hours to. a week, and you're trying to scoot out of here you early. You think I work 40 hours a week? <laughs> I'm lucky to clock anything less than 60. <laughs> Tell me about it. Yeah. Um, so you're trying to sneak out of work early. Sure. Yeah. But you're trying um, to sneak yeah. out of work early. I am. And all of a sudden, 445, your phone starts shaking. Because there's a news about to be breaking. Yeah. And it's an email from uh, Congressman Mark Green's office okay. saying that he's not going to run for re-election. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. This is what this is what politicians and, and news uh, makers tend to release news at the very end of the day, probably because they're honestly they're spending all day tweaking the news release right. and all. And so they're getting ready to leave. The, OK, now we can hit send. Yeah. And they're probably not thinking they're hitting send right as we're also packing up and trying to leave for the day. And so we um, don't get a chance to do much with it. We just have to throw it together and get the news out there. Right. They figure yeah. you can't, you don't have time to read the press release and edit and yeah. put your own spin on it. You just that's have right. to control C, control V. Yeah, that's probably what they want. Honestly. As you move about your day, right. right. But anyway, yeah, so uh, Mark Green has been um, in Congress for, gosh, it's been since, was it 2018 or 2016 when he started? It was before uh, 2018. That. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, before that, he was um, state senator uh, yep. for District 22. Yeah. And um, so he's been in Congress all that time, and um, he has basically said he's had it, he's done. Um, and uh, interestingly, he said that he's been doing a lot of reading on uh, the Founding Fathers, and he was reminded of their intent that representatives be citizen legislators, serve for a season, and then return home, which is a good point. I think it's a very good point, and a whole lot of people could take that point. Yeah. There are certain people who are in Congress who are barely functioning <laughs> tottering yes! around being wheeled in right. to cast their vote and then wheeled home and and you know people should not be that old serving in congress right. it's ridiculous and i think if you got rid of legacy benefits mm-hmm. like if there was no retirement no pension right no health care for life if you just had benefits while you were working people wouldn't wouldn't serve for 60 years yeah yeah and not want to give that up because they got those sweet bennies coming yeah yeah, they just if you made it a deal where listen we're going to pay you just for the days you're here and that's it kind of like if you serve in the tennessee house for two terms you don't get lifetime benefits for the rest of your life Mm -hmm. you go about your business and go back so i think it's i think that's a great if, if that's the reason why he's getting out because he's like, listen, I've kind of done That's enough. That's part of the reason. Yeah. That's part of the reason. So, But everyone, take notice. If you serve in Congress or the U.S. Senate, take notice from what Mark Green is doing. Mm-hmm. At least one chamber ought to be that way. I mean, I, I feel like maybe yeah. we should have you know term limits for the House, um, but then maybe let the Senate be where you have people serve for decades. I'm cool with that. I don't know. One or the other. But you got to have some something robust going on there. Yep. But part of it, too, is that uh, Mark Green's uh, district was uh, changed up. Um, so it used to be he represented mostly Montgomery County and uh, I think it was all or at least part of uh, Williamson County. Yeah. And um, it was sort of a weird spread out district. Um, but, gerrymandering. Yeah. Well, he got really gerrymandered after the last um, redistricting. And his district now sort of curves up into this weird area of Nashville. And so now he's basically representing a much more politically diverse district than he did before. Um, and now he's uh, Megan Barry is one of the people who has said she was going to be running in District 7. And I'm sure there's going to be several Republicans from the Nashville area who are going to go for this seat now that Mark Green's not running for it. So anymore. Mark Green, known and beloved in Montgomery County, mm-hmm. but he doesn't have the same weight in Nashville. Right. And since the gerrymandering that's taken place, mm-hmm. he now has to represent or his district 
will now be representing a big chunk of Nashville. Right, which will probably overwhelm the voters in Montgomery County at least, probably also Williamson County. Right, so before it was like, hey, I'm Mark Green. Clarksville loves me. What's up, Montgomery County? This is my home. We're like, oh, this is great. Now he's got to play the Nashville game, and it's a little different. It's very different, very different game. So um, sadly, we're probably um, not going to have local representation in District 7 anymore. The congressman representing um, our district will probably not be somebody from Clarksville for a very long time now. Meaning we're never going to see them up here. Mm-hmm. Right. Unless it's a groundbreaking. Yeah. They'll show up for I mean, like a groundbreaking, at, that sort of thing. Yeah. And, and you look at who's running. Megan Berry, the former mayor of Nashville, is the Democratic contender for this seat. Right. That just tells you something about who's going to be representing us. It's going to be somebody from Nashville probably going forward. They have no idea about Clarksville mm-hmm. at all. No idea. You know, they don't know where to get the best burgers. Mm-hmm. You know, they don't know that... The the Johnny's Big Burger, they've never had one after right. a Govs game. Yeah. And, you know, um, like him or not, Mark Green was committed to this community. You'd see him everywhere. Yeah. You'd see him at events. Saw him at um, Kenny York's funeral. You know, mm-hmm. he stopped in and did, um, you know, uh, Clarksville Conversations with us. I mean, he's um, and he's somebody that anybody can talk to. Uh, that's one thing that I've heard consistently about Mark Green mm-hmm. is wherever you are in the political spectrum, you can have a fascinating conversation with him, and he's open to talking to everybody. He's he very, really was. Very well-read, very smart yes. guy. I, I liked Mark Green. I didn't agree with him 100% mm-hmm. on, on his political stances on a couple of issues, but I always appreciated the fact that he was very open to talking to anybody. Mm-hmm. And he's a guy that genuinely had, you know, you have this thing now in politics, right? We have to play a game. Mm-hmm. You have to hate everybody on the other side. Right. Mark was not the guy that hated everybody on the other side. Right. He may have disagreed with you, but he didn't think that made you a horrible human being. Right. Right. Like he wasn't screaming and hollering and vilifying the other side. He personally was very open to just having friendships with everybody, listening to everybody. He had his convictions. He had his principles, but he never allowed those to turn into this vicious attack of, of of the personalities and the and of, of of the folks on the other side of the political spectrum, I always appreciated that about now, him. Alejandro Mayorkas may disagree with you on that. But again, that's theater. That's that's in front of the cameras, behind the cameras. Listen, and this is what we've demanded of our politicians mm-hmm. to turn it into professional wrestling. Yeah, yeah. Because if you want to get reelected, <laughs> here's the reality: if you had somebody say. Listen, I have certain convictions because of how I was raised, but the people across the aisle are fantastic people. We just disagree on things, Mm -hmm. but you know what? We've got to treat them with respect. They'd never win an election. They wouldn't. Because we wouldn't want that because Mm -hmm. the circus, a big chunk of people that tune out, uh, that turn up for elections want the circus. Mm -hmm. They want the screaming and the hollering. This person eats babies. This person is a so-and-so. That's what you want. So we get what we want. Mm -hmm. And we've broken the system because they're giving us what we want, which is the circus. Yeah. And now a lot of that's because of the primary Mm -hmm. um, system that we have. Yep. If we didn't have political primaries, we might get somebody who's willing to, you know, you could get a consensus, but you've got to push so hard to the extreme left or right to win a primary. You can't go into a general election yeah. and say, hey, I love everybody. Y'all vote for me. Right. Like Ronald Reagan did. Right. You know, you or, and Bill Clinton did. Yeah. You, know, you, you can't do that because you've had to go so far to one side yeah. or the other in order yeah. just to win a primary. Right. So we've we've totally messed up the system. And 
And he had actually, Mark Green said in his uh, comments that um, our country and our Congress is broken mm-hmm. beyond most means of repair. Yeah, because That's of the circus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I, I can completely respect Mark for not wanting to be a part of the circus anymore. But here's the deal. Here's what I think. Hmm. This is my bold prediction. Okay. Um, I believe Mark Green would like to be Governor Green. That has been thrown around. His name has been thrown around as a, a contender in 2026. And I think he'd be great. I think he'd be a fantastic governor. Mm-hmm. I'd, I'd vote for Mark Green as governor. I think he's a good person. I really do. As mm-hmm. someone who spent time with him away from cameras and mm-hmm. have had conversations with him away from cameras, again, I don't always agree with Mark, mm-hmm. but I but I, I think he's a, he's a decent human being. Mm-hmm. And I know yeah. there's controversies about him. He was supposed to be the... Secretary of the Army, and they found something about Doctor This and Doctor That. I, again, mm-hmm. from my ex- my personal experiences with him, have been positive. Yeah, yeah, and that's the way politicians ought to be. Yeah, and that came up a lot when we had the candidates in here. So, <laughs> was it uncomfortable? It, it did you have any uncomfortable one moments? Of the, one of them was. Um, so there's two candidates running for assessor of property. I'll try to explain this really simply. <laughs> the assessor of property is the person that is elected in a countywide election, yeah, yeah. but their role is pu- almost purely administrative. There's nothing political about their role. Okay. Their job is to make sure that the office um, is run correctly, that assesses the um, how much you owe in taxes and your property tax. So would you say the assessor of property mm-hmm. assesses the value of property? Assesses the value of property. That is a great way to put it. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> so... Why that is an elected position? No idea. Tennessee, this is what you wanted. This is what you got. So, um, and and why there's a Republican primary for the assessor of property? Because that was one of my questions to the candidates: is how what would be at a Republican as opposed to a Democrat approach to running <laughs> to being the assessor of property? But right. how does a Republican <laughs> assess property versus a Democrat? Yeah, what's yeah. the difference? Well, I think uh, you know, just you wear blue or red to work each day, I guess. <laughs> but anyway, um, so uh, Did, could they answer that question? Yeah, they they both talked about you know Did they fiscal, have con- you know being conservative and um and being responsible with taxpayer funds. And, okay, okay, well, which, well, okay, you know, okay, yeah, it's, it's, okay, yeah, yeah it's, it's a valid answer. I mean, that's what I would answer if I you know were yeah. in that office and yeah. running for that position. Are you saying you're going to run for assessor of property? Uh, no, uh, okay. journalists are okay. ethically not allowed to run for any political office. Chris, don't let ethics get in the way of politics. Hey, <laughs> I, I want ethics to get in the way of my politics. Trust me. <laughs> It keeps me safe. Um, but the, uh, so the assessor property candidates came in, and um, and I've known Aaron Hester for years. Um, yeah. We've had many conversations, um, and uh, Caitlin Swaffer, or Castle Swaffer, came yeah. in first, and I chatted with her. She was very pleasant. Yeah. We talked about her growing up in Clarksville and everything. I had a great conversation with her, um, and then when both candidates were in the room together, who was tense. Oh yeah. So and so these are the candidates in the Republican primary. So they're Republican both primary. Republicans, yeah. and they do not care for each other. Yeah, and um, and come to find out, part of the reason they don't care for each other is um, Sw- uh, Caitlin Castle Swaffer um, sued uh, Montgomery County and Aaron Hester some years ago. Mm. Um, they had a very contentious lawsuit. Oh, um, it was rooted in um, Swaffer. I'm going to use Swaffer because that's the, that's the name under which she filed the lawsuit. Um, she filed a suit because she had claimed um, dis- disability. Um, she has an uh, diagnosed anxiety disorder. Okay. Um, according to her lawsuit. Okay. And 
um, Hester apparently was not respectful of her requests for accommodation. That was the basis of the lawsuit. Okay. Um, she also uh, felt that she was being discriminated against because she was um, had helped train somebody who was paid more than her, uh, a man. And mm-hmm. um, uh, the county and Hester responded to that, that, well, the guy had a completely different job with a completely different job title right. that required more expertise. So yeah. that's why he was yeah. being paid more. Yeah. Um, so there was a lot of that. And um, the lawsuit ended up being settled, as most lawsuits against uh, municipal gover- governments get settled, because it's much more, much less expensive to settle than that's it is right. to that's, go to a jury. That's the crazy thing about lawsuits. I had no idea. I really mm-hmm. thought, you know, you, you look at the, the movies and it's all about what's right and what's mm-hmm. wrong. Right. And, mm-hmm. and, and, and justice will rule the day. Right. That's what you think. When it comes to movies and TV. But the reality is, at some point, it costs more to fight something than to settle. So when they look at it and go like, okay, this will take so much time. We'll have to pay lawyers this amount. Let's just offer them less than that. See if they take it. And it's not admitting guilt. Mm -hmm. It's just saying, okay, it's going to take us $50,000 in lawyer fees to fight this. Oh, what if well, probably a lot more than that? I'm just ra- giving low numbers <laughs> okay, to rent. Okay. You know, can I continue? Yeah, you go ahead. Go okay. Ahead. It's going to cost us $50,000 in legal fees to fight this. What if we just give them 20 grand mm. and then they offer them 20 grand? Like, oh, that sounds wonderful. Guess what? You can't tell anybody and we're not admitting any guilt. And that's just how the world works nowadays. Yeah, yeah. Now, the interesting thing about this, and this kind of surprised me, was apparently there was not a confidentiality clause oh. in this settlement. Well, that was a mistake. Yeah, I think so. Um, so Swaffer was free to discuss the suit um, uh, with us. And, how much uh, cheddar did she get from MoCo? Uh, she didn't say, and oh. the uh, county didn't say. And the county um, attorney, um, he, he won't discuss any litigation ever. Okay. And the... Um, uh, Aaron Hester said basically she, because it's a legal personnel issue, she's not allowed to say anything yeah. about it. So she yeah. couldn't really give her side of it except what was yeah. in the response to the lawsuit, which we reported both sides yeah. based on that. Um, but it was um, – there was no fault assigned to the county or to Aaron Hester All right. in the settlement. Okay. So – but – it, it made for a very tense conversation in the uh, video and to the point that I was trying to like pull a still from the video that had both candidates smiling. I couldn't every now and then I'd have one candidate smiling. I'd have the other candidate smiling, could not find a still that had both candidates smiling. It was, um, yeah. Listen, I'm not going to wade into the it was a good hot, discussion. It was yeah. a good discussion. The hot, hot assessor of properties, Republican primary that we got going on right mm-hmm. now. Um, but but Castle Swaffer, mm-hmm. what was her reason for running other than the fact that she doesn't like Aaron Hester? Um, that she what stated, is the difference? She stated that the one of the um, where is it? That's really why I'm running. Swaffer told Clarksville. Now, quote: I had gone to HR a couple different times and nothing was done. So that's one of the re- that's the, the primary, primary reason, reason she's, she's running, running is because she doesn't like. Well, because, what are her, because she, her, on, into her mind, she could okay. do a better job running okay, the property gotcha. assessor's office than okay. Aaron Hester. All right. Yeah. What we need to do is we need to have a reality show where we get a piece of property, mm-hmm. have it independently assessed, and then have each one of them assess the property individually. <laughs> kind of like the prices, right? Exactly. <laughs> a little game. You know, Wes Golden can host it because he's got game show host hair. Yeah. Mayor Wes Golden, he'd be, all right, look at this beautiful piece of property. And then they can... <laughs> 
walk around and look at it and go, okay, we've had this property independently assessed by independent assessors. Now, we want to know what will you assess this property for? And whoever gets closest to Yeah, without gets going the over? Job. Yes, without right. going over. You want to try it? Yeah. <laughs> yes. I'm going to say 450,832. Ooh, what would you say? I'm going to say 427,883. dollars Oh, you're supposed to go one dollar over. I, I couldn't remember what you said. <laughs> and the winner—that's how we need to yeah, get. Let, yeah. You know what? Let's put that in the in the Constitution for Montgomery yeah, County. Yeah, the Moco County, as I call it, <laughs> Moco County, <laughs> the Constitution. <laughs> <laughs> that the assessor of property will not be an elected position. Mm. They will be selected if they win the assessor game show hosted by Montgomery County Mayor and all-around swell fella, Wes Golden. <laughs> If you hear my papers wrestling, it's because I'm writing down Moco Connie, (laughs) my favorite new word that'll be added to the Clarksville official dictionary. All right. You can watch that very uncomfortable video. If you want to watch two people who hate each other get really uncomfortable, that video is at (laughs) ClarksvilleNow.com. I don't know if they hate each other. Okay. I'll take that back. This is... Tension. There's tense. There, there's there's tension. tension between the two of them. Yes. Hates is strong. We don't want to hate anybody. No. Oh. It's tension. There's just tension. They probably would like each other if they yeah. just got to know each other. Yeah. But there's just tension right there. So if you want to watch a tense, <laughs> so a tense political other, debate, there's watch. other videos as well. And and actually, by by contrast, the um, school board district two uh, candidates, yeah, were practically hugging each other. What? Um, yeah, uh, Casey Bryant and uh, David Johnson. Mm-hmm. Um, I couldn't find a still where they weren't both smiling, and they were both complimenting each other and saying, "Oh God, hey, so great!" Yeah, you know, this is the great thing about this is we got two great candidates here, so we just hope you know you vote for me. But if you vote for David, that's okay. And yeah, you know, they're just being very, very nice and kind to each other. That's nice. Yeah, that's refreshing. Yeah. You may um, want to watch both of those so you can see tension. And then see love and peace, maybe. (laughs) Well, the other weird thing about these forums is the um, in school board district six, which has Maribeth Knight, Chris Lanier, and incumbent Charlie Patterson. All three of those candidates um, were saying they don't like charter schools. Oh, and they all gave reasons why charter schools are a bad idea. Yeah. By contrast, in uh, District Two, David Johnson versus Casey Bryant, they both said that they um, support hmm. charter schools, hmm. government money with no oversight. Boy, that seems like a really bad idea. <laughs> but I just, I, you know, I kind of expected since it was a Republican primary mm. across the board, everybody would be for them. Yeah. But um, no, it turns out that there was some, uh, and, and it was divided up by race. And I haven't dug into it honestly. I wonder if it may have to do with the district they represent. He Maybe. means the 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 race the the number race, which yeah, not yeah. the not the ethnicity race. Yes, I wanted to point that out in case <laughs> okay. anyone's like, "What does that have to do with anything?" Yeah, I'm, I'm I, trying not to get you canceled, man. Well, I, I totally they blew by me, right. um, but apparently not by you or our listeners. Well, so, but Valentine's the, uh, Day also blew by you as well because <laughs> you were in church. Hey, my wife got a dozen red roses. The that spirit, you the spirit up, that you bought after you went home from church. The, the still small voice uh, led me to Kroger, where I got me some uh, dozen roses. Don't screw this up, Chris. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, so you can see all of those uh, candidate forums on ClarksvilleNow.com because uh, early voting has started. It's time oh, to make wow. a decision. Man. 
So educate yourself about where the candidates stand on the issues, and you can do that by looking at this candidate form. Go check it out. Yep. Yeah. Um, also, uh, this week, the county commission um, basically has um, made a this change. This is going to be the episode, by the way, that people are just like, we're done. <laughs> Why? We're talking about important issues. I'm talking about tornadoes hitting trailers. What is more fascinating than tornadoes right. hitting trailers? All right. Roll with it. All right. Roll with it. I will make this so fascinating. Are okay. you ready? All right. Are you holding on? I'm holding on. All right. We had a tornado. Yeah, I know. It messed up a lot of houses. We talked about it on this it podcast. It really messed up a lot of uh, trailers. Right. Or mobile homes. Yeah. Um, but it's more exciting to say trailer than to say mobile home. So I'll say trailer because I'm right. trying to make this exciting. Right. So a lot of people, you know, you got a trailer on your property. You've mm-hmm. been living there for a long time. You have this zoning, you know, so zoning right. is where the county says, hey, you can build that, but you can't build that. Right. All right. It's more complicated than that, but I'm making this right. exciting. Yeah. So uh, people are wanting to rebuild. But, you know, if you're in a mobile home uh, zoned area, mm-hmm. well, you got to rebuild a mobile home or right. go buy a new mobile home. Go down to your Clayton place, whatever, right. yeah. and wheel up on your new uh, your new mobile home on your property with yeah. your insurance. Chart. Right. Right. So um, and I chatter. I borrowed that term from you. Thank you. So anyway, now they're saying uh, the county is saying, hey, listen, if you really want, you don't have to put a mobile home back on that property. You can put a stick built house on that. property. Okay. So Give people can, options. Yeah, you can put a wood frame house. You don't because before the zoning was going to be you have to put another uh, trailer right. there. Now you don't have to have a trailer. You can do a stick built house. I appreciate or double wide. Right. I I appreciate how easy and how some of the red tape is being cut. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes you get into a situation like we had in December with that tornado. We, hundreds of families lost their home mm-hmm. and all this, there's this red tape, right? You yeah. do this and this and this and this and this, right? And it really seems, and I'm very proud of city and county government for doing things and recognizing roadblocks and quickly uh, overcoming those roadblocks and helping people to overcome those roadblocks. Yeah. I, I really feel as though our, our city and county government has done a fantastic job of, of just the aftermath of this tornado, and I think they all deserve a round of applause. Now, now here's the downside of this. Uh-oh. There's so, a downside to this? There's a downside to this. There's a downside to everything, Ryan. Um, so you're a negative Nancy. Continue I am, on. Well, that's part of my job. Yeah. So I've been, you know, the, this whole area, you got a whole neighborhood yeah. full of trailers, right? Tornado knocks them out. Yeah. What if that whole neighborhood says, you know what? I don't want to roll up with my Clayton homes, right. you know, you trailer again. Yeah. I want to build a wood frame house. Yeah. House after house goes from being a trailer to being stick built. Okay. You know, wood what's frame wrong, house. What's wrong with that? Well, that raises the uh, values of the property. That raises the uh, cost mm-hmm. of all that housing. Mm-hmm. So suddenly, instead of being able to buy a $50,000 trailer, right. you've got to buy a $250,000 home. Right. And now the price of housing across the community gets higher because we don't have affordable housing as much anymore. Because like it or not, mobile homes provide affordable housing for a lot of people right. in our community so they don't have to buy a $250,000, $300,000 house. I'm down with giving people choices. Yeah. 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 I mean, yeah. I get, your, da- I get your downside. Choices are good. But in an area where we're seeing so much growth and so much increase in um, housing prices, choices means the cost of housing is going to go up Are you everybody. sure you're not running for assessor of property? <laughs> that sounds like something an assessor of property would say. Well, Aaron know, Hester right now is going, Chris told me he wasn't going to run. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but that's this is part of why housing prices go up. It's because people want to build new and build better and build more expensive so they can get more money. I mean, that's, that's how capitalism works. And this is why I will not be voting for Chris Smith, assessor no, of property. Don't vote for me. 
That's my slogan. Don't vote yeah, for me. So, <laughs> so just so you know, Castle Swaffer, Aaron Hester, I'll vote for whoever wins on your side because I ain't voting for Smith. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm the poison pill. Assessor of property and Debbie Downer. <laughs> That's right. But, I, you know, but if I end up in Congress, I, I, I will not even stay for a full term. Really? Yeah. Okay. If I got elected to Congress, you know how long I would stay? One weekend. <laughs> then you're, then you're One done. One weekend. <laughs> right. Take my per diem. <laughs> go to the Kennedy Center. <laughs> and I'm out. <laughs> and I'm out. Special election time. <laughs> Not even one vote. Yeah. All right. So next story. Uh, LG Kim. Mm-hmm. This one nearly snuck by me. Um, this Were was, you sneaking out to go to church again on Thursday? <laughs> <laughs> no, this was... Um, they announced this like a week um, before we managed to get our, our hands on it, our grubby little fingers on it, because it went out as a news release basically to the industry folks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, it didn't really make the Nashville media or, um, you know, we didn't never heard hear about it. Yeah. But um, uh, LG Chem has made a deal with GM uh, for to basically be a supplier for electric vehicle battery components. Oh, okay. And so the LG Chem that's being built here is going to be sending a lot of stuff to General Motors for exactly. their for their hybrids. So how much do you think this deal electric. is worth? It's a 10-year deal. 10-year deal. Okay. If I had to guess, I'm going to say a 10-year deal worth $14.5 billion. $14.5 billion. Higher. Price is right rules. Okay. It's higher than that? Higher than $14.5 billion. Billion. $20 billion. Just under. Uh, just under a nineteen billion dollars. Wow! Now, note we're not you know uh, mixing up our terms here. Not million, not nineteen million dollar deal. No, that would be a great. That would be wonderful if Clark's uh, Clarksville business got a nineteen million dollar deal, wouldn't it? Right. Wouldn't that be cool? No, not million. Billion, billion. Yeah. A nineteen billion dollar deal. Yeah. Um, to basically supply uh the cathode material for batteries. Um, it's going to take place over uh, 10 years from 2026 through 2035, if you can imagine that. Um, they're going to be supplying 500,000 tons of material uh, for GM, uh, enough to power 5 million electric vehicles. That's amazing. By the way, if you want to get a reality of how big $19 billion is, even if you were born today, you would not have enough time in your life to count to $19 billion. Mm. What if you count really fast? Even then. What if we use Samantha's production equipment to speed up the voice and Even cut then. all the spaces yeah. in between? Even then. Even yeah, then. We wouldn't have enough time. That's amazing. Wow. That's yeah. great. Yeah. And it speaks to, you know, the the power of this facility. Um, now, yeah. even at the meeting, I went to the meeting where this was being discussed um, last week. And even at that meeting, there was some talk about, well, are electric vehicles really going to be that strong? Like, what could this collapse? What could happen? Um, one uh, member pointed out that right now electric vehicles are only 3% of the, uh, auto industry. Um, you know, and the, the, for this to pay off, it would need to be like basically 10% of all cars sold would need to be to, in right. some weird metric. But another person pointed out, Hey, listen, 50% of the vehicles in China are electric, mm-hmm. a much higher, you know, a higher percentage than in America and Europe are electric. LG Chem and GM aren't just selling to Americans. They're right. selling all over the world. Yep. So this is a global uh, discussion. And, you know, even if it was just China, this is going to handle, this is going to pay for itself. Well, and I think one thing that we're discovering in the United States is, because I mean, you look at Europe, right? Electric cars make sense. Things mm-hmm. are compact. You're not going very far to get places that you need to go. Mm-hmm. Traveling and using a car is different, right? Same thing with China. In the United States, we've got the city of Clarksville. Let's use that, us for an example. Mm-hmm. 
you know how far it is to get from one side of Clarksville to another? Mm-hmm. I mean, it is, things are sprawled out. Without, without traffic, it's going to take at least maybe 20 minutes. Exactly. So there is this option. And and it's funny because when people talk about electric cars, they all get excited. Why are we, why are we getting political about how, what, what runs a car? Yeah. I, it is, it's stupid. It is the dumbest thing. It is. This has become a political issue. Exactly. Why would it be a political issue? It doesn't it's a, make it's sense a capitalism it issue. Yeah. If car companies feel they can make money by changing the propulsion method of their vehicles, it's called capitalism. If they can, great. If they can't, they'll learn soon enough. Yeah. But what we're finding here in the United States is the better option than electric vehicles, at least in the short term, is hybrids. Mm-hmm. Hybrids require a much smaller battery, much less rare earth minerals, which, by the way, they found... A Big old ton of rare earth minerals in Wyoming, oh, really? uh, which, which changes the when game. When did that happen? Uh, recently. What didn't come across your desk? Well, it wasn't local. Right, exactly. <laughs> Chris doesn't care about Wyoming. So so hybrids are a way to bridge that gap between the requirements that we have for very long distances of travel, but the benefits of electric motors where they mm. can help the gas motor get you even better gas mileage. Well, and a hybrid still is going to need cathode material. Mm-hmm. So yeah, going to need exactly. a battery. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So... So you know, it's a solution. It's an intermediary solution. Because mm-hmm. the thing is, what we talk about now with an electric vehicle, we're talking about technology in 2024. Right. Guess what, folks? Technology changes. You know, used to be this thing in your pocket, you know, this thing that you're probably listening to this podcast on, filled a friggin' room. Yeah. yeah. You know, the computing power you know, is, is a yeah. massive room. So energy, you know, solutions are going to get better and better. Batteries are going to get smaller and smaller and mm-hmm. smaller. They already have. Yeah. I mean, batteries, 15, you know, 10 years ago were bigger than they are now. Exactly. So they're going to get smaller and smaller. So this technology is not going away. Could be replaced maybe by hydrogen, but mm-hmm. how long is that going to take? I don't think you hydrogen, know? I don't think it's going to be hydrogen. I think it's going to be hybrids transitioning into electric cars once electric cars charge time is down and mm-hmm. range is up yeah. when you look at even just the nissan leaf when the nissan leaf leaf first came out that would be like early 2000s you were looking at an electric vehicle that took all night to charge and it gave you 35 miles mm. right yeah and now we have vehicles that it takes 15 minutes to charge and can go 600 miles yeah that's a huge and huge in how many years leap was that- in 15 years yeah so in 15 years from now who knows? Yeah. You may be able to pull up to a, a, a charging station and pop it in, hit zap. You're done. Like you're like you're refilling your tires. Hit zap. Hit zap. It'll be the button. It's like, where's the zap button? <laughs> <laughs> and then if they don't like the president, they'll put a little sticker of the president pointing at the zap button saying, yeah. I did that. Yeah. 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 Oh, it's, good. it's a future that's coming our way. <laughs> Get excited for it, everybody. Be President Green, right? <laughs> right, right. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. President Green says, Yeah. Push zap. Yeah. All right. And final story uh, traffic lights. We finally have some new traffic lights. Um, Thank right God. near Gary the guardrail. Our long countywide nightmare is <laughs> over because they have new traffic lights by carry the guardrail. <laughs> yeah. So um, basically exit one has been in dire need of uh, more lights yeah. period. Um, like, you know, uh, visual lights um, on, along the sides of the uh, exit and entrance ramps, um, but also traffic signals mm-hmm. um, to make things safer up there. So they've uh, got electric lights up and flashing at uh, exit one and Trenton road. Good. Yeah. And they're shining a light on Gary as well. Shining a light on Gary. So that, yeah. And so that's the thing. So O'Connor's is coming back. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so, uh, and it's, it's, I don't recall, is it going to be the same location? Yeah. Is that so? I mean, I guess Gary's got a pretty good 
row to hoe here. He may end up, um, but yeah, but with Trenton Road, when it's going to be widened, I guess that'll be the death knell for Nair. Yeah, um, that's what that's what Mayor Pitt said um, was that that's going to when they widen that, Gary will hopefully go to the Customs House Museum. Yeah, yeah. Gary needs a home. Frank Frank Lott really needs to like put in a bid on that. Speaking about prices, right? Um, right. Put in a bid on Gary the guardrail. That's me somewhere. We have to move him somewhere. Mm-hmm. Like I don't know. Maybe because we got the the suffragette statue yeah. downtown, right there by the by the mayor's office and all that. If we could maybe like bronze Gary, yeah, and then put like him in that area. Something. Mm-hmm. There's the guy who's got the rifle, not the doughboy. The, that's, a, the John, that's John Montgomery. Yeah, good old name. good old Johnny Montgomery. Yeah. You could put a bronzed Gary next to Johnny Montgomery there. Yeah, yeah. You know? And if you bronze it, people won't know it's just an old mangled oh, guardrail. Yes, they'll they'll recognize it to be something historic and important, which it is. And will controversially change Strawberry Alley's name to Gary the Guardrail Lane. Oh, so yeah. they'll be like, well, be, well, you know, where's where's uh, where's where's that restaurant again? Right off Gary the Guardrail Lane downtown. Yeah. Well, we'd have to change the name of Strawberry Alley Restaurant if we do that. Called Gary's Place. Gary's Place. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think they'll like that. I think they'll love it. Old Gary's Place. Yeah. We're going to go grab a nice salad and a beer at Gary's Place. Oh, you could get some smashed potatoes. You know, oh, you could have rec-themed. Like, yes, uh, yes. A whole menu of yes. rec-themed items. Yeah. Yes. Or, Joe Maynard, if you're listening... You could buy Gary the guardrail. You got that beautiful place where if you go to Joe's garage in Shelby's trio, Joe's got some sweet Mustangs and he parks them there. Yeah. Change it up. Put Gary there. Put Gary. Call Gary's place. Yeah. Who's not going to want to go there? Yeah. Because you can go and and touch Gary the guardrail. Uh Give give Gary some love. Yes. Rubbing Gary the guardrail has got to be one of the luckiest things in Clarksville. People that are not from Clarksville have no idea why we're talking about a guardrail. It means nothing to them. But should why would they be listening to this podcast? Or should we explain it? If, if you know, you know. <laughs> <laughs> you Google Gary the Guard Rail Clarkson yeah. if you don't know. Yeah, he's on Google Maps. He's on he landmark. Is, it's a landmark. Yeah. And he's a he's an icon here in Clarksville. Yeah. Um, so that's good news that they finally put some lights there. Yeah. Yep. And well lit. is coming back. Yeah. Gary can uh, stay up all night now. Doesn't have to worry about, you know, people sneaking up on him. Thank God Bucky's ain't coming because that would have been a nightmare. Uh-huh. 104,000 gas pumps off exit one. Yeah. Would have been a nightmare. But O'Connor's is coming back. Gary's going to live for a couple more years before he's moved to Shelby's trio yeah. on the lower deck and it becomes Gary's place instead of Joe's garage. Yeah. Take that idea and run with it, Joe Maynard. That's a million dollar idea right there. <laughs> and that's free. Um, and that's what we do on this podcast. There you go. Biggest yeah. stories. Ideas. Free Biggest ideas. stories we got for you today. That's right. This week, it's a Clarksville rundown, everybody. A Clarksville Now original podcast.